0: Warning this 19th installment of Spirakin Review Podcast's Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, media moguls with a twisted agenda, cooperation with the PLAAF, a really sweaty techno terrorist, lots of James Bond quips, and cameos by not only Gerard Butler, but also Hugh Bonneville and Julian Fellows. Listener discretion is advised. Sparkin Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Tomorrow Never Dies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Spark in Motion Picture Review's Bond Marathon, a.k.a. the bond I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up?
1: Hey, it's Greta.
0: And we're back, and we're ready to go, and we're at the 18th film in the Eon James Bond franchise. We're gearing up and leading towards... No Time to Die, which is coming out November 25th. And we're actually going to be probably speed running the rest of these because we've been kind of lackadaisical the last couple of months. So now we're going to just bang them out as fast as we can.
1: Well, we started out really, like really getting them done kind of quickly. Then the movie got pushed back. And then we slowed down with COVID. Uh, and now we're back up and running again.
0: But you can listen to any of our earlier episodes at www.spotkin.com where we talk about all. The 18 last um, films, including uh, Never Say Never Again, which is the non-Eon James Bond film starring Sean Connery. we got a couple other films we got to talk about. And we're going to be doing a retrospective to talk about our top 10 favorite villains, gadgets, characters, and even the women of James Bond. Which is going to be kind of tough, because 136 of them.
1: Well, the ladies of James Bond? The Bond women?
0: The Bond girls are very...
1: They're all across the board. I mean, we have very 70s, crazy, big hair.
0: Oh, no. We have the 60s girls who are crazy. The 70s girls.
1: Well, they're all crazy. And then we have the 80s with the 80 makeup
0: and the no bras. And let's be honest. It started with Sylvia Trench and ends all the way with um, Mr. White's daughter in Spyfall. So it... Uh, that's my fault, in um, Spectre. So it covers hundreds of women. But we'll get to that in that episode. Because this episode, we're talking about a really cool film uh, that was directed by Roger Spotsiswood. Bless you. I know. Spotsiswood. This was produced by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Broccoli! And it's the first film after the death of the main producer, Albert R. Broccoli. And the film actually, at the end of the beginning of the credits, it says. This film was made for in tribute to Robert, or Al, sorry, Albert R. Broccoli, which is a shame because he's worked so hard to make sure the Bond franchise is as good as it gets. Some people say that because he died, that's when you start to see a decline. I don't know; it's up in the air. Um, this film was released all the way back in December 9th, 1997, in the in London, and then the 12th in the UK, and then the 19th in the United States. It was made for $110 million, and the box office uh, bring back was $330 million. So if you take into account that you have to make the amount you made plus half, so that'd be $155 million. You mean the amount it cost to make? They totally made their budget back. This is is the fourth uh, most uh, financially successful Bond films. And it's called Tomorrow Never Dies. Actually, Richie was called Tomorrow Never Lies. But due to a typo, it became Tomorrow Never Dies. But I like Tomorrow Never Dies better. Even though Tomorrow Never Lies works so much better because the name of the magazine in it is Tomorrow.
1: But it does lie.
0: Yeah, but it's like, a, oh, it's from Victor Carver. But So, starring in this film, we got an all-star cast as usual. A couple people come back from the other film. Um, we have um, but can first... I just
1: say like the side note real quick about this? Is I love Downton Navi. I love
0: we, think we were gonna get to him first because we got someone else before we get to him. Because <sighs> you have Jeffrey Palmer's Rear Admiral Roebuck, who's M's Royal Navy colleague, who he's been in everything. You have Hugh Bonneville, uh, uh who plays a uh, random officer in the beginning, and then playing the PM. You have Julian Fellows.
1: So he created Downton Abbey, which I'm in love with. And Hugh Bonneville is um, the Earl of Grantham in Downton Abbey. So there's a lot of Downton Abbey in this one. And you can
0: actually listen to our Downton Abbey movie review in the Sparkin motion picture reviews on sparkin.com.
1: But I'm like, Julian Fellows?
0: He's a good actor in it, but also he was a military naval officer, so it makes sense. Uh, also, Gerard Butler is in this, and he's playing a, a seaman, so he's like not even high level. He's like a background character. It's like, hey, that's Gerard Butler. He's a major actor now, and he's playing a little pansy. But,
1: but everybody has starter roles. Uh,
0: yes. You have Cecile Thompson as Professor Inga Bergstrom. You have Daphne Deckers as a PR person for the Carver Media Group Network, or the CMGN. You have uh, Nina Young as Samantha Steele, the anchor for Carver Network. Uh, you have Samantha Bond back again as Miss Manypenny. And she's just as snarky as she uh, was before. I still don't think she holds a candle to Louis Maxwell, though. But that's a tough one. Louis Maxwell, like, set the bar. And, but this one, she's a little more like, oh, I'm going to say some flirty things to you and joke with you. You know, you know how to pump her for information. It's like, it didn't come across as She
1: much. almost is egging him on to be more of a Lothario
0: yeah, kind of guy. It's not that I'm in love with you in this movie. It's more like, a, I'm just going to mess with She's you. She's more like, I'm aware that you sleep around. I know you know what you're doing. Um, you have C- Colin Salmon back as Charles Robinson, who's M's uh, deputy chief. And he does a good job as her second-in-command. And he's also there for... How? He's the secretary. He is, yes.
1: But they can't call him secretary, so they call him deputy chief.
0: Yes. You have Vincent uh, Shiavia, sorry, Schiavelli, um, who is a character actor who you see in almost anything from Buckaroo Banzai to this, playing Dr. Kaufman, a professional assassin who's just a weirdo, who's like... I have a doctorate to killing people, and I'm very good at, at assassinations. I perfected this celebrity overdose. It's like, yeah, that's that, I could see you. I think that that's your lot in life. You're never going to be a hero. I don't know. Um, Desmond Llewellyn is back as Q. And this time, he's got a very funny role because Q is incognito again.
1: Well... He's in the field.
0: Yes, he's in the field and it's very clever how they're hiding it in the kind of plain sight. And I like that you see him again in the field and this is sadly his second tel- his, his penultimate uh, role as Q because he only has one more after this and that's kind of bittersweet. And well, he is
1: getting quite up there in years. Yeah,
0: but it's that's not why he stopped making Bond films, which sucks uh but yeah um you have gott's auto as richard stamper the hench of the film who he's he's one of those henches who outlasts his master and that's kind of weird but it's kind of cool too well he's a hench not a security guard he is he's a hench he's not a bodyguard no he's just a hench then you have Ricky Jay, who is like the poor man's just sleazy scumbag who makes Ron Jeremy look attractive, playing a American techno terrorist, who that's what he always does. And then you have uh, jo- Joe Don Baker back again as uh, Jack Wade, and I gotta say, second movie with him, he still has not grown on to me. I'm still not. I'm still not super excited that he is Jack Wade. I would rather have had Felix Leiter.
1: Yeah. I like Felix Leiter. I miss Felix Leiter.
0: You, or you don't prefer the, oh, oh, Jimbo, I'm going to take care and help you out here, Jimbo. I you, do like that one, though. You know, nothing going... He's still a bad... He was still a Bond bad guy. It's, I'm not going to... He doesn't get a right for it. Anyway, you have Judy Dench as M... The head of MI6. And then...
1: Don't we have to say Dame Judi Dench? Yes,
0: Dame Judi Dench. Then we have um, the uh, 1997's Sexiest Woman of the Year, Terry Hatcher, playing Paris Carver, the, the wife of our villain.
1: And I love that in this movie, she's she her character is not pregnant. She, as a human being, as an actress, is
0: pregnant. She's three months pregnant.
1: But, no, she had a little...
0: Baby bump. No, but, but she was three months pregnant. It's when,
1: when they started crazy. it. Yeah. But um, camera angles and such, she's just so, like, sexy and beautiful.
0: and. Yeah. Despite the fact that she, and she has great chemistry with uh, Pierce Brosnan, who is playing James Bond. Mm-hmm. To be honest, he plays But they hated each other on set. And she says that it was the worst experience she's ever had. Now, part of them says maybe it's because her hormones were all over the place because she's pregnant. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah. You have Michelle Yao as Colonel Weiland, who is a skilled Chinese spy who is not a communist. And she does a good... It's Michelle Yao. She's an amazing uh, actress who doesn't take shit for anybody. And she's one of the... the Can we say badass? Yeah, she's badass. More importantly than that, she is one of the spies...
1: I love the scene where they're handcuffed together and they're taking a shower and they're soaping with the soap bar and they're washing her hair and stuff like that. And then she just keeps talking to him. And then before you know it, he's handcuffed to the shower head and she just walks away.
0: I find her to be a much more competent spy than, say, Molly Goodhead.
1: Isn't she the um
0: she's part of the uh, doesn't she play uh, plaf in this movie but doesn't
1: she play um like the mom in um crazy
0: rich asians actually that's a very good question but she's done several roles she's done so much i remember her from hero and um a bunch of other uh uh wukong asian films because she's awesome She's totally awesome. Like, uh, Crouch of Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Police Story 3, uh, Ip Man. She was in Crazy Rich Agents. And I don't think she's the mom. She's someone else in the mom. But she's also in Star Trek Discovery as the captain, which is kind of cool. She's just badass. Yes, she is. Uh, and then finally, besides Pierce Brosnan as James Bond 007, we have Jonathan Pierce as Elliot Carver, who is this sociopathic...
1: And you can see him. He kind of looks like, you
0: know, um, he's like a Bill. really shitty uh, Steve Jobs. He looks yeah. like Steve, he's, he's parodying he looks like Steve. A
1: Steve Jobs. He looks like what's up, Bill? What is it?
0: Who? He's not Bill Gates. He looks like Steve Jobs. He's parodying no, Steve the other Jobs. Guy too. No, he's not. Bill No, a
1: little bit like Bill Gates. He's no. like nerdy Steve Jobs. Bill
0: Gates. No, because Bill Gates. Elliot Carver. The other guy looks like Bill Gates. Because he's a parody, because Ricky Jay looks like Wozniak. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Is it's, he's a he's a parody of of, of of not Bill Gates. He's a parody of Steve Jobs, who's a media mogul. I think. I mean, if you guys think that he looks like, who do you think he looks like? Let us know. That's the random question of the day. Does Elliot Carver look like Steve Jobs or uh, Bill Gates? Let I think he looks know.
1: like a cross between them. But. No,
0: because uh, Bill Gates does not look like that. He's a creepy weirdo. And right creepy weirdo no but ellie carver is together he wears he, very slim yes t- things that he has the bald head when
1: he's in front of everybody and then behind closed doors he's like go oh, there should be just enough time when you take james's heart out for him to watch it stop beating like
0: but that scene he still looks like steve jobs just more creepily but it's jonathan pierce and he does a great Right in
1: and tell us if you think i'm right or closer to being right, and keep it to yourself if you think Dan is right. No,
0: email me if say if I'm right. I'm kidding. Now the big thing about this is, uh, how are we... like, he is not an imposing villain. His reasons are not anything super global. It's not the end of the world. It's just simply he wants to make a media empire and control what everybody says. And he does. He this... wants
1: to create a war. So he can control the media of it.
0: And what he's going to do is he's going to... He doesn't care
1: which side wins. Yeah. He
0: he makes a deal with a corrupt general in order to make money. He's like, says, oh, uh, the general's going to show up late and suddenly all the other leaders are going to die. And then because of that, he's going to become the leader who establishes peace. And then I get the rights to China for a million years. It's like, so your goal is to... Do that, and if you don't
1: play hardball, then I'll get another guy in.
0: Yeah, so that is his plot, and this movie actually opens up where James is. Well, it opens up with the sinking of a tank from an of a ship by an invisible boat. And this is what leads to everything, because a ship apparently sank in Chinese waters, a British naval vessel, and there's a dispute between, you sank us, no I didn't, yes you did. And in 48 hours, a war is going to happen, because the two sides, the British and the the Chinese, are going to fight.
1: The British, the whole thing is, the British ship... Disappeared. ...thought they were in international waters. But their tracking system... Naval insert naval appropriate term here, um, said that
0: they were... In international waters, and then according to... But they
1: were actually in Chinese waters.
0: Well, we're not sure, because what sank them wasn't the Chinese.
1: No, but they were in Chinese waters. And the boat goes to sink them, so they'll never be found, because where they actually were, and where they thought they were,
0: are two different things. Well, what killed them was not that. What killed them was Elliot Carver. He set it up to assassinate them, but then wrote the thing of, oh, they were sent by the Chinese. The Chinese, like, we didn't do this because they didn't do it. Very confusing and strange. And evil. Meanwhile, James was sent to pick up a device which changes GPS coordinates at a, at a weapon auction. And actually, the cool thing is that you see one of his new gadgets, which is a lighter. That that sets off a bomb, and it's him having to... They're going to blow up all these arms, and it turns out, oh, no, they can't do that, because they sent a missile to blow up this whole arms deal, and there's two nuclear weapons on a ship. So it's like, shit, if we blow it up, we're going to kill everybody. So he has to go fight everybody, steal a ship, sorry, a plane, and fly off. Save the day.
1: Dun-dun-dun!
0: And... It goes, it's a really good opening action set piece, which leads to the intro song, which we'll get to in a little bit, because reasons. And then it opens up where we learn that everything's happening, that Ellie Carver's network is talking about the ship, and they also, that the ship sank. And more importantly, they announced it happened four hours before any naval intelligence said anything. So how did he know that he what happened? So they have 48 hours for James Bond to find out what happened. So he ends up going to Germany, meets with Q, hooks him up with a new car and some new gadgets, and then he's going to go to the Elliot Carver launch for his new satellite. And he's going to go there, find out what's going on, talk to his ex-girlfriend, who's Terry Hatcher. and Who's Carver's current girl. Yep. Wife, sorry. Wife. And then find out what's going on. And he ends up going there, discovering what happened, getting the access code to find out after a very awkward meeting. And also we meet um, Michelle Yao playing a d- reporter, who isn't really a reporter, and it's them kind of one-upping each other.
1: No, I'm going to get it first. No, I'm going to get it first. No, I'm going to get it first. And No, just... I'm a reporter. No, I'm a reporter. No, I'm a
0: banker. It's like, I'm, I'm your new banker and your stocks are soaring. And... It's a great opening sequence until it gets to... So, James Bond, the new Bond car, is a BMW. A really nice BMW with some really cool gadgets in it. And you'd think, okay, most James Bond films, it's him driving across the countryside or driving from country to country or some great chases. This entire chase is a block away from when he got the car. He gets the car... Goes to a garage, locks the car, locks the device he finds, which is he finds the GPS tracker, locks it in there. Um, they try to break it out. Something Some stuff happens with an assassin where he beats him up. And then he has to escape this parking garage in the car and then destroys the car. So it's kind of a waste of the car, in my opinion. It was like... Yeah, because I mean, in the
1: rest of the movie, he's on like a motorcycle, he's on a boat...
0: He jumps out of an airplane. It's just...
1: He jumps over the helicopter on the bi-
0: motorcycle? They do all this to explain the car in such a cool way. Where they say, here's the car, here's the gadgets for it. And it's used...
1: And it's we programmed it with a woman's voice because we thought you'd listen to it more...
0: And it's a really cool sequence, and then they just do nothing with the car. It's like, you, that literally was like a Transformers, we're promoting the new toy because of this reason. It's, we're promoting the car for this. I would
1: have been so, if I was BMW, I would have been so upset. I would have been like, uh, where's the car? You promised us the car in the movie, where's the car?
0: Yeah, it's in for a couple minutes. It's a great action sequence, and then they destroy the car by launching it into an Avis, which is funny because that's where he rented it from. Because Q is hiding out as an Avis agent saying, Hey, Mr. Bond, you need to sign your insurance paperwork, and here's the car. True. And he has more with the gadgets going on. Uh, so he ends up finding out where the location of the boat is, goes to find it. Finds that they stole a nuclear missile. Uh, he gets captured by Carver and his men. They're taken to a the Hong Kong uh, Carver Network Tower where he and... Uh, why lin are going to be killed. They escape, and they escape in an actually really awesome sequence of them hanging off of a huge building, off of a banner, 200 feet up, while handcuffed together. Then they have to escape. It's thrilling. They have to escape. They get on a motorcycle. They, they have them- to work together to escape. Yep. There's a really cool motorcycle chase. There's a scene that you talk about when she's hang- she handcuffs him to the...
1: They're handcuffed together, still.
0: Yep. And then he goes after her. There's another sequence. And the cool thing is that, unlike all the other female uh, Bond spies, she has an action sequence that's all her. There is no one else. It's her being ganged up on by the military, and she kicks all their asses. And then James shows up, and he kind of Jack Burtons it, where he's like, yeah, I got this. And it's like, no, you don't. It's all her.
1: She's like, "Uh, thanks so much. I got this. She does.
0: And then we see him get some of the new weapons and she, and you discover that she has all her spy stuff in the house, in this uh, warehouse. I like that.
1: He's like, I'll send the message, you get all the gear. And then she just sits back and re- then he realizes the keyboard and everything is in Chinese. And he goes, you send the message, I'll get the gear.
0: And he doesn't know how the gear works. And it's like, the only thing is like, oh, hey, look, it's this. And then he gets the PP9. He's like, oh, I was talking to Q about one of these. He gets the upgraded gun.
1: He like takes it.
0: Which is what he's going to use for the, but to watch on. the next two movies. And then it leads to the final confrontation between him and Elliot Carver. And then him and uh, Stamper. And then, of course, quippy ending. This, that. So, overall... First, and this
1: Pierce Brosnan is kind of quippy, but not punny.
0: Yeah, he's now officially gone into quipland.
1: There's some, like, innuendos here and there. But he's very, like...
0: He's very quippy and he's
1: sharp-tongued, eloquent. He's never for a loss of words, but his pun game hasn't come out yet.
0: No, it hasn't. And this is a pretty good film overall with what's going on in it. It's got an interesting topic about it because it is about social media and how it affects the world and how you can control the world through the perception of the news and our because cur- perception is reality. I hate I to say it, but this is kind of relevant nowadays because of how the news works. You know, someone blasts something on Twitter or CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, BBC, and people will take it as the, as gospel truth. And you have people who are reverent about it. And if someone, could, could, someone did monopolize it all, they could cause chaos.
1: Who says they're not? Already.
0: oh, uh, Rupert Murdoch totally was uh, did that.
1: <laughs> but we digress.
0: Yes, we digress. No more political talk about this. But I think Ellie Carver is a strong villain in that sense. But compared to so many other villains, he's actually really weak. Because he's not the one, like he says, oh, kill him, do that. But he's not the one who's going to get his hands dirty. And when he is confronted with James, he doesn't know what to do it's he wouldn't know a gun from the front to the back. And how- but,
1: but that's part of his that's part of his character is that he doesn't get involved, he just reports.
0: That is true. And of course, the whole thing at the end of give the people what they want, and that's what happens. I mean, out of our villains that we've talked about, he's I think higher than we've we've said. He's higher than Stromberg. Stromberg was I'm going to create my own utopia, which is crazy. But this is more like, I want to take over the media. That's my goal. His death sequence is pretty good, though. But it also is kind of like he had enough time to get away from that torpedo that's coming towards him menacingly. He was stuck by... He was being held there. He could have just ran away or pushed or something. No. Uh, And Stamper, let's be honest. Stamper is generic Russian-German goon. He's not that great. He's not a Red Grant. He's not an Emma Bunt. I think he's a little above Whisper. Yes. Like he's above Whisper. He's just muscle, and he he is vindictive. Like he he wants revenge for his master's death. When he he gets killed, and he wants to torture. He's like I've I've been studying his torture. I beat his record by four hours. So it's like he has a personality, but he's not. Imposing. He's not a Nikros or uh, Alex Dimitros or a Red Grant or a Gordini. He's middle of the ground. Like, he's okay.
1: Like, he's good.
0: Like, you remember him, but it's it's not for anything great.
1: He's not outstanding in his field.
0: Much better than Boris and General Omarov, though. <laughs> Agreed. Well, every Well, Boris is more charismatic, I think. Uh, what else? So, with the gadgets in this ep- this uh, movie, we got the his cell phone, which it, which is a car remote. It's a Taser. It's a lockpick, and it's a and it's a fingerprint scanner. He's got the Omega wristwatch, which its time really doesn't do anything.
1: It tells time.
0: It does tell time. Uh, he has a credit card, which is a lockpick. He has a cigarette lighter detonator, and then he has and there's an earring lockpick. So there's some cool gadgets, but for the most part, this one's not about the gadgets. I mean, there's the car, but yeah. But they break the car. They do break the car totally. Um, what else is there? So yeah, so it's it's a pretty all right Bond. Um, there's not much to really discuss on it from that. Um, the production was there. It was they're trying to recreate the success of Golden Eye and. They kind of rushed the film a little, I gotta say. Because they chose. Let's be honest. The whole my- motorcycle sequence was trying to up the tank sequence in Goldeneye. It's like, we're gonna reverse it because we couldn't do the tank sequence. We can't get a bigger vehicle. Let's use a smaller vehicle, see if we can up it. However, the tank sequence in Goldeneye is.
1: Way better.
0: It's unmistakable. It's unforgettable. And
1: Yeah, whoever said, hey, let's drive a tank through the
0: place. Yeah, you're not going to beat it. More importantly than that, there was a lot of issues behind the scenes in this film. Like, um, Spots of Wood and half the crew members were not on speaking terms. Several members threatened to resign. Uh, one of the quotes of the crewmen were saying, all the happiness and teamwork, which was the hallmark of bond, has disappeared completely.
1: Because these movies really were labors of love.
0: Yeah, uh, there was the whole feud between Terry Hatcher and Pierce Brosnan due to her arriving late one day. Uh, It was a huge clusterfuck. And let's be honest, the film did do good, but it was like, there was a lot of issues and this led to some of the problems later on because they couldn't get the... They couldn't get the last director back, so they got this guy who no one's ever heard of. And I don't know if he's done anything else. I mean, let me just check his IMDB really quick to see if uh, Spottis Wood did anything else. Um, Yeah, the next film he would do is The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then he did nothing of note beyond that.
1: The Sixth Day?
0: He did The Sixth Day, and then he did a bunch of military movies and that's it he's done nothing else he's i mean he's done some older films but like nothing of note this was his highest performing film and it's not cuz he did a good job
1: i didn't think it was that bad
0: no it's it's not that bad it's just that there were so many i'm talking about the issues behind the scenes it spottiswood was fighting with the writers he was fighting with everybody
1: there always seems to be writer issues didn't we talk about the Daniel Craig one?
0: Uh, we haven't gotten Daniel Craig yet. That's 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 coming up. That's Quantum of Solace when we talk about that So night, Maybe that in nightmare. the future there's more issues with the writers. No, there's going to be more issues with the writers. But yeah, so this one was a bit of a complete mess behind the scenes. But it, it's a competent movie. It's just not the best James Bond movie. Not by a long shot. Um,
1: I enjoyed it. I liked the premise. I like the plot.
0: Like, we have this ranked out of 18. We have this as number... Hold on. Number 8 right now. We have it below Man with a Golden Gun and above from Russia with Love.
1: Yeah, but still pretty high. It's a good movie.
0: It's a good movie. It's entertaining. It's a decent James Bond film. It's just there's a lot of issues and errors with it. Let's say. Now, let's actually get on with the other thing, the music of the film. Um, contrary to what happened in GoldenEye, they went back to the original let's have actually the Bond theme is the main theme in the film. They couldn't get John Barry because John Barry had a um, had a bit of a commitment issue. So they ended up using David Arnold, who he's worked on a couple of things, and he does a really good... Uh, Soundtrack overall, the OST for this film is on point, and they use the James Bond theme well, regularly in it. Uh, The Gun Barrel is back to the original Gun Barrel music, and it works a lot better than the one that was in GoldenEye. Even though I love the GoldenEye one, the Gun Barrel in Tomorrow Never Dies is more classic, and it's James being James. Uh, The opening theme song, which is done by Sheryl Crow. That was
1: Cheryl Crow Let,
0: that was Cheryl Crow doing tomorrow never dies and let's be honest it's not a great theme it's it's okay
1: I don't mind it
0: yeah now we ranked this low on our lit on our rankings we have this like above above for your eyes only and below license to kill it's it's a little melancholy and it's Cheryl Crow. It's mm. not, and there's so much better music in it.
1: Um, well, what's hard is there's so much good music for the Bond.
0: Yeah, because the soundtrack is amazing, except yeah. for the opening theme, and that's the song which you should remember.
1: It's and no and, Tina Turner.
0: No, it's not. It's not. It's it's not. It's no Cheryl Bassey. No Tina Turner, no Paul McCartney, uh, not even Aha or um, Duran Duran, or Louis Armstrong, or Tom Jones, or John Barry. <laughs> so we have a lot of people who are much better than.
1: But they're all all those people you just listed are heavy hitters. Like who are you going to get to top that? Elvis.
0: That is true.
1: Going to bring him back from the dead just to have him do a James Bond. That would song. actually have
0: been awesome if Elvis did do James Bond theme. Um, for the theme, they actually had other submissions. Because now something cool is that you have multiple people vying for the title. We've talked about some of the people who could have done opening themes. and this one, you had uh, Cheryl Crow going against Mark Amond, St. Attini, Pulp, and Swan Lee. And Sheryl Crow was chosen. And this is, and there's also um, oh, fun thing, the James Bond theme from here on out is made by Moby. Moby mixes it to an alternative like uh, a remix. Oh Moby. Oh, the one of the weirdest DJs ever.
1: I like Moby.
0: Yeah. So overall, this film does get the job done. And it's a lot more contemporary and plausible than a lot of the other James Bond films, which I do enjoy in the fact. I do enjoy that. Um, And also the satire in this is very subtle. Because it is parodying Rupert Murdoch, Steve Jobs. I do like that fact. However, like I said, there are some issues with it. But we do rank this pretty high. 8 out of 18 is not bad. Not at all. Right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean... Pierce Brosnan does a great job. He's buttoned up, he's polished, he's debonair. Um,
0: A little weaker than GoldenEye, but the film does feel a little better. But he's
1: sharing the spotlight also.
0: Yes. What's her real Uh, name? Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao kicks butt! And she's able to hold her own against Pierce Brosnan, and they're evened out in this.
1: So it doesn't feel like a true James Bond movie? It's like...
0: It does, but... It's
1: a collaboration... But I think that just speaks to how great of an actress and how badass she is.
0: I agree with that. And they
1: did it while... And she still was able to wear a bra. Hmm. Unlike some of the other James Bond you ones. Are,
0: you are still holding that up. And that's, it's, that's been like six movies. Well,
1: someone has to because there wasn't a bra to do that.
0: Har har. Thank you. It's like been nine movies since that one. Or eight movies since that film. Because that was Moonraker and that was a while ago. <laughs>
1: I'll let it go, yeah. but you know me. I like the I like the 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 dresses. Like Terry Hatcher's dress at that
0: at the, the launch party. party yeah. yeah,
1: like was beautiful. Like and the necklace. Like that's like what I want from the girls in James Bond movies. I want the pretty beautiful dresses and the hair and the makeup and the jewelry and the. There's still more diamonds in this movie than there was in Diamonds Are Forever, but. Yes. I'll stop harping on that one.
0: And one thing we sh- I should say, even though they had terrible off-screen issues, Terry Hatcher and uh, Paris Carver and James Bond have a great chemistry together, and it's relatable. It seems like she... Like I felt on-screen yeah. it was classic. And she feels like someone who James could have... Like he admits he left her, but it seems like he left her because he didn't want her to die. Like she was getting too close to him and when she dies in the film spoiler alert he's kind of heartbroken by it like it's the ju- it, he knows it's the job but it's the way still... he like
1: holds her head kisses her like it's tender
0: it's sweet it's a it's sorrowful it's mournful it's just another woman to add to the list and it's a shame because as we said in the last episode this James Bond is the James that he is gonna do his duty because M trusts him he does his job and he's a professional yeah but he's lost a lot and he's just he's not Timothy Dalton I'm burnt out now give a shit anymore it's he's now resigned to the fact that no matter what he does there's gonna be problems people are gonna die but more importantly to quote the last film for England James for England he's gonna do it because it's his job
1: for Queen and Country.
0: For Queen and Country, exactly. So for that reason, I have to give this James Bond film, a bar from a friend and don't return unless for pocky. It's a good film. It's a good. It's a really good film. There are some issues with it, but it's a good film. That's why I put this as a bar from a friend. It's good. There's some issues. There's some pacing issues, but it's not a bad movie. Not at all. It's one of the better Bond films. It's contemporary.
1: I like this movie. He's classic, he's debonair. He's got a a co spy that is kick butt female. There's there's beautiful dresses and jewels and action sequences and car chase like it's got everything I want and the classic James Bond music.
0: Boo-do-ba-do. Also one thing I will say also to go on one more thing with Michelle Yao, which I didn't bring up. Is the fact that they didn't have to push her as, oh, she's just as good as Bond. That wasn't it at all. It's She's her own spy. She's not a replacement. She's a spy that is potentially better than Bond. But it's not a, let's throw it in your face, she's a woman. Yeah. It's no, she's a spy. Yeah. And they didn't need to go, oh, but, you know, this is your replacement. This is, you know, which is one of the issues I have with the new Bond trailer. Well, the the one of the two Bond trailers. One of them is pushing a character to be like that. And another one is just, she's a spy. That's it. We don't need to say, she's better than him. We don't need to throw her in. just, she is what she is. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree with me, you can email us. What do you think about this movie? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Um, and uh, let's actually get ready for the next film, which is the beginning of the end for James Bond, uh, Pierce Brosnan. More importantly, the beginning of the Punderdome of punniness and...
1: Thunderdome. Arguably one of the
0: best villain relationships with James Bond in the next film. And that is the villain world
1: relationships?
0: Is with uh, Electric King.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: So we will let you know about that in the next episode, uh, which should be next week. So I think that's it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Keep watching Bond movies. I'm your host, Ann. I'm Greta. And we'll you guys next
2: And I'm killed their territorial waters and he will fire an act of violence torpedo 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 it was an unprovoked attack on a ship in international waters the promise of war and instead of decisive action all you want to do is my goal is to prevent world war Admiral. now the world has only one chance for peace when will our ships be in position 48 hours and just one man for the job bond (laughs) james bond how much do you know about Elliot Carver, w Worldwide media ban. Most newspapers, radio, satellite TV. There's no news. Like bad news. I understand he once had a relationship with Carver's wife. Well. Was it something I said? How about the words, I'll be right back? I'm from the new China news agency. Looking for a news story? I could have taken care of him. Let the mayhem begin. Your new BMW. Will you need collision coverage? Yes. Hmm. Property destruction. Definitely. Personal injury. The accidents do happen. No, oh, 007. The center developed a certain attachment. Get to work with a decadent agent of a corrupt Western power. I think you found the right decadent, corrupt Western agent as a partner. Phase two is underway. This holiday season. What the hell is he doing? His job, the world belongs to Bond. When you remove Mr. Bond's heart, there should just be enough time for him to watch it stop beating. I would have thought watching your TV shows was torture enough. I have a clear shot at your head, Mr. Bond. Stand up, slowly. Drop your gun and kick it toward me,
0: yeah?
2: Good. Now, lie down on the bed next to Mrs. Carver. The story will be on the news in an hour. Tomorrow's news today. Just so. My name is Dr. Kaufman. I am an outstanding pistol marksman. Take my word for it, yeah? She struggled terribly, Mr. Bond. It's a pity you got her involved in all this. It will not look like a suicide if you shoot me from over there. I am a professor of forensic medicine. Believe me, Mr. Bond, I could shoot you from Stuttgart and still create the proper effect. My art is in great demand, Mr. Bond. I go all over the world. I am especially good at the celebrity overdose. But now I am afraid, Mr. Bond, that our little, ah, Stamper! Stop yelling in my ear, yeah? Sir, they can't get into the car. Oh, you can't be serious. Did you call the Auto Club? Do you want to call them? Make him tell you how to open it. Oh, oh, okay, I ask. This is very embarrassing. It seems there's a red box in your car. They can't get to it. They want me to make you unlock the car. I feel like an idiot. I don't know what to say. I'm to torture you if you don't do it. You have a doctorate in that too. <laughs> no, no, no. This is more like a hobby. I'm very gifted.
1: Oh, I believe you.
2: My cell phone opens the. Piccolo. No, 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 Mr. Bond. I do it. Yeah. Recall three. Send. Wait. I'm just a professional doing a job. Me too.